0: Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Well, good morning. How we doing? We good? Hey, man, I appreciate your worship. I appreciate you uh, allowing us to call an audible there a minute ago. And just thanks to uh, your participation in just that moment and uh, I really am thankful for that. I'm thankful that you're here today. Thankful for those of you that are watching online. Welcome to you wherever you may be today. We're glad that you're here as well. What a great week we had last Sunday. Just a fantastic Easter Sunday celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. It was kind of record-breaking crowds since we've moved into this space and Uh, So I'm thankful for that. That's really exciting. All weekend long from Good Friday to Sunday, uh, just a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, a lot of new people. We had... Uh, maybe the largest number of first-time guests we've ever had in the history of our church on one weekend, which was awesome as well. Uh, but I'm just thankful for Easter, and I'm thankful that it's not just encapsulated into one day or one weekend, but it's really allow it allows for us to believe that it's not just an event; it's a person. And so we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus all year long. My favorite number from last weekend is that we had 23 people say yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, Absolutely, that's something that we celebrate. We never get tired of celebrating life change and people that are trusting God. And so today, we're gonna celebrate baptisms, uh, we've already got some folks that are registered to be baptized in both of our services, but we always give an opportunity if you choose to be baptized and you showed up and you didn't think you were going to be baptized, but the Lord's been stirring something in your heart. Maybe you forgot to register. Maybe you've decided you want to or at some point during the service today. God does that in your heart. You're allowed to do that and you're just going to go home wet and it's going to be all right. Uh, this is a shirt that we've used for baptism for a long time. It says, I've decided to follow Jesus right before service. Somebody that's uh, just got the spiritual gift of sarcasm walked up and said, that's great. Way to go. Way to go. Um, But uh, I have decided to follow Jesus, and I'm thankful for the 23 that did so last week and those that are going to be baptized today. Uh, I really am thankful and and just celebrate that. But you also heard about the Joy Masters tonight, and you heard about the ladies' brunch. Let me just kind of put my stamp on what's going to happen tonight upstairs, our Generation Youth Uh, If you are a middle school or high school student, you need to be here tonight in the next several weeks as they kind of jump into a series and and have some fun together, but really kind of set themselves up for summer and all that God's going to do. If you're a parent of a middle schooler or high schooler, of which I am one, Corey and I have four kids, and they all kind of fit within that window, uh, and we we want our kids to be there. And so I want your kids to come and to be with our kids and others that are a part of Generation Youth. So make sure you're here tonight at six o'clock for that. Tonight, today, we are starting a brand new series called Fundamentals. Fundamentals. When I think about fundamentals, I think of a couple of different things. There's two specific images that pop into my head. One is thinking about like the beginning stages of elementary school, right? I think about, you know, reading, and writing, and arithmetic. I think about learning these fundamental things that allow you to be successful or hopefully to be successful, you know, later in your uh, educational endeavors, whatever that looks like. If that's to go on and get some kind of master's or doctoral degree or just to graduate with a little thank you Lordy degree, whatever that is, like just to get through it, you gotta learn the fundamentals. You gotta understand the basics and so I think about school, but also I'm a sports guy, I love baseball, and so I think about spring training, I think about that even the greatest baseball players in the world, they start every season kind of going back through some of the fundamentals, they take ground balls, they, they learn how to bunt again or remind themselves how to bunt, they, they, they talk about a lot of different things, the pitchers practice for hours on end, going and covering first base, and somebody's flipping them the ball, just so they can learn those fundamentals and rehearse those and get some muscle memory Again, well, today, as we jump into this series that we're going to spend the next few weeks in, we're, we're really talking about some truths and some topics that I think we all need to make sure that we have a grasp of before we try to continue to take steps in our faith journey. Some of you, you're brand new in your faith journey, whatever that looks like. We took that survey last week at the end of our service and a number of you said, hey, I'm still kind of considering maybe a relationship with Jesus, but I'm not quite there yet. This is a great series for you to understand some basic truths of a relationship with Jesus and Christianity and God's words. Others of you, you've been walking with the Lord in relationship longer than I've been alive. And you're like, I've got all these things. I think for each of us, it's a great way just to be reminded of the truths and the things that, that help us to build foundational, uh, kind of foundational pieces in relationship. With God, and so often what happens, and we're all guilty of this. In the in the day in which we live, we're inundated with information and new information, and it seems like, uh, if my statistics are right, it seems like that information used to double every 500 years. Then information doubled every 100 years, going back to about the 1700s, 1800s. Then information doubled about every 25 years at the beginning of the 1900s in the first portion of that century. Then later in the 1900s, beginning with the computer age, the internet age, kind of going into the 2000s, it seemed that they said information was doubling about every 18 months. Now, in our present day, they say that information doubles about every four days, the amount of information that you and I have access to, the amount of information that is created and consumed doubles about every three or four days, which means by the time you and I get back together next Sunday, because you're coming next Sunday, right? Everybody's, yeah, you raised your hand and you promised before God. Okay, so between that now and the time we get back together next Sunday, the information will have doubled about twice, the information that's available in the world. And so when we start thinking about that, so often we kind of lay that over top of our Search for the truth in who God is and God's word. But what I would say to all of us as we start this series of fundamentals is that we often miss the obvious things while searching for the obscure. You ever been in a conversation with somebody that wants to debate something like really dumb with you? Like it's not dumb. There's no dumb questions, right? Except for really dumb questions. But like you ever been in a conversation where somebody wants to argue like some piece of faith and you're like, I don't think that's in the Bible. They're like, no, but this philosopher that was a monk that kind of learned how to stop talking and he said all of the truth there is good too. But what happens is sometimes in our search for all of these other things, we miss the really obvious truths that God gave us thousands and thousands of years ago. So I would say to all of us, what we need to do is kind of start with the basics, the fundamentals, and then build our lives upon that. So today we're going to start right at the beginning. So if you've got a Bible, you can go with me to Genesis chapter 1. If you're not sure where that's at, just start in your Bible, go all the way to the beginning, and then just kind of open it up just a page or two. Genesis chapter 1, you've got an app, you can really just go to the very first book, the very first chapter. I've asked some guys to come and help me, so I'm going to ask my helpers to come on up. I didn't want to bore you today with me reading all of the scripture, because there is a lot but I'm gonna ask you to kind of focus in for a minute. And all series long, even if you've heard these stories, I want you to kind of take a, a step back and act like you've never heard them. So for the very first time in your whole entire life, I want us to read together Genesis chapter one and let's begin at the beginning of the story, all right?
1: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness over the face of the deep. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its own kind, on the earth. And it was so.
2: The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own seed, own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give lights on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and then there was morning, the fourth day. On the earth, and there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kind. And it was so.
3: And God made the beast of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with the seed and its fruit. And you shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning
0: So now we're gonna take a test. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. If you haven't recently started a Bible reading program, I just gave you day one, right? So you could be like, hey, I wanna read the Bible through in a year. Well, okay, well there's day one. So just start now and end next April 23rd. But we read from God's word and we see this incredible creation story. From nothing came everything. From nothing came everything. And I want to spend some time today talking about something very specific that I see in this story that I think is so fundamental to everything else we will experience in our spiritual journey. And you're like, well, that was a lot. So what's that one thing that jumped out to you? God. If we're going to start anywhere in the fundamentals of anything related to our spiritual walk, our relationship with God, like we start with God and this basic understanding of the who, the what, the how, and the why of God. And let me just say real quick, as I was typing the who, the what, the why, the how of God, every time I typed the who, it capitalized both of those. Not all of you will get that, but that's fine. The reality is that we're going to spend all of our lives learning these things. Like you don't, you don't learn them all today. You don't learn them all this week or this month or even this year. This is a lifelong journey and a lifelong relationship of spiritual maturity. I never arrive at it. I always pursue it. I always progress in it, in my relationship with God. And what we read in verse one of Genesis chapter one is it started with four incredible words. It said, in the beginning, God. These four words, I believe, change everything because God is timeless. You and I are constrained by, structured by, driven by time, It's almost impossible to think about and to understand the timeless nature of God. But in the beginning, God, there was no time before him, and he chose to create all that was created. Now, I know, because I've been doing this for a pretty good length of time, I know there are some of you that are sitting here right now going, wait a minute, wait a minute. So based on the Bible, you believe that the earth is only 6,000 years old. And that everything that we see, everything that ever was created was created by God in six days, six literal days. Well, let me just say to you, I promise I'm gonna answer that question. But before I do, here's what you need to know about me. In no way in anything that I share with you today that I believe is 100% founded in the Bible, am I negating science? Am I negating the need for us to understand all that we see around us? Albert Einstein said this, he said, science without religion is lame and religion without science is blind. So we have to pause for a moment and admit that God's creative genius may be beyond our limited mental capacity. And as Christians, here's what's important. We believe that God created the world. We believe that God created everything that is and was created. And when I look at the events that transpire here in Genesis chapter one, and really as I kind of look at Genesis one and Genesis two, as I see those pieces, and as I study them to the best of my ability, and I ask God to help me to understand them, and I live my life by faith, the best that I can understand is that as I study the word that is used here for day, every time you heard them read it where it said, and it was good, and that was you know the fourth day, every time that you see that word in the Hebrew language and it's connected to a number or it's connected to like night and day, it is always referring to our understanding right now of a 24-hour period of time. And so when I dig into the text, I'm not trying to kind of look for the obscure and try to explain away all of these unexplainable things. I'm just saying, okay, I'm gonna take God's word at its word and try to understand to the best of my ability what that could mean for me. And, and all that I can come to is this truth, that God is all-powerful and all-knowing, which means that I am not, and there may be things in the story of God that are not just limited to Genesis chapter one or Genesis chapter two that I don't understand And that doesn't mean that it's not true, it just means that I don't understand them or I don't understand them yet. And so I find myself kind of at the edge of a decision. If it's something that I don't understand or something that I'm not really sure how it took place, do I say, well, then it can't be, or do I say, maybe I just don't understand it yet, I'm left to live by faith, Because when I was in first or second or third grade, there were some principles in math that if you'd have told me, you know, they're going to give you some problems eventually and there's going to be an X in there and a Y in there. And that actually means numbers. I'd have been like, you're crazy. But it was my understanding at that point is what had been revealed to me, what had been taught to me. And so there are some things that even as I struggle with and wrestle with scripture, I come to the edge of that cliff of understanding and I go, you know what? Instead of just saying it can't be true because I don't understand it, I'm actually going to choose to live my life by faith and believe that God may be able to do things that are beyond my understanding. And so what that does for me is it doesn't create more confusion necessarily. It creates a sense of awe and wonder in my life that I don't really fully understand how it all takes place. And yet I choose to believe that God could do those things. I know that there are a lot of people who say they've never experienced a miracle but I would contend for all of us that that's just not true. We live on a planet that is spinning around on its axis about a thousand miles per hour, which is just a few miles an hour more than my 15 year old son is learning how to drive right now sometimes. (laughs) You wanna get close to God, get in with someone with a learner's permit, right? You start with a real low tone, like, hey, you're going a little faster around the, you're going a little faster around the, it just just comes out of your soul. You don't really know where it came from. You thought you had that piece figured out. This planet that we live on will make one complete turn in the next 24 hours and you won't even get dizzy. Not only that, but we're also on a planet that's speeding through space at about 67,000 miles per hour. So, even on a day when you feel like you didn't get much done, you just traveled 1.6 million miles through space. Congratulations. (laughs) Albert Einstein also said, and I love this quote there's only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle, and the other is though everything is a miracle. I think for all of us to recognize that truth would change the way that we live our days. There's two truths that I want us just to kind of take with us as we leave today. The first one is this God is bigger than big. God is bigger than big. The theological word that we're talking about here is the word transcendence. Maybe you write that word down to come back and remember it at some point in the future. God is bigger than big. He's transcendent. It's beyond the ordinary, beyond our human experience. It's us moving from the finite to the infinite, So what we just read is that God said, let there be light. And when he said, let there be light, I believe he was saying, let there be electromagnetic radiation with varying wavelengths traveling at a speed of 186,281.7 miles per second. I think that's what he was saying, right? When he said, let there be light, he was saying, let there be ultraviolet and infrared, let there be gamma rays and x-rays, radio waves and microwaves, let there be photosynthesis and color and health and life. Light is the basis of everything. I believe that about the God that I'm worshiping and singing about and serving. How amazing is that? So I want to pause for just a second from the Bible, kind of, and I want us to have a little bit of an astronomy lesson, okay? And some of you are like, whoa, I did not think this was going to happen on a Sunday. Just hang with me, okay? I want you to see our home. This is the picture of our home. This is where we live. I can't exactly point out Hickory Flat on that map, but somewhere on there is... Canton and Holly Springs and Hickory Flat and Woodstock and Jasper and Ball Ground. It's there somewhere. But this is earth. This is our home, right? And it's about 25,000 miles in circumference, which seems large. If you've ever done any kind of international travel, like it takes a little while to get wherever it is you're trying to go because it's pretty large until you put it in perspective. Look at this next picture. This is our home Earth in perspective of some of the other planets that we would see around us and they've tried to change what's a planet and what's not, but thankfully I don't have to take tests on that anymore. So you got Mars and Pluto and Venus and Mercury and Earth still looks pretty large in the perspective of all that we see there. But look at this next slide and you would see that Earth is actually smaller. It's smaller than Neptune and Uranus and Saturn and Jupiter. We actually see that if you were to try to take Earth, which is way down here at the bottom of the screen, if you were to take Earth and put it into Jupiter, you could put 1,300 Earths in Jupiter. That the volume, the size of Earth is so small in comparison to Jupiter. But Jupiter in and of itself is 10 times smaller than our sun. I sat out in the sun yesterday. I didn't think it was going to show up this year, but it showed up and it got warm and we went to a ball game and it didn't snow and it was amazing. And so now you have the sun and you can see all of the various things that are out here in the galaxy and you see earth there and you see all of these other planets. But when you look at even how large Jupiter is in comparison to the sun, you recognize that Jupiter is 10 times smaller than the sun, but the sun is actually a small star It's this yellow dwarf star. So let's look at stars for just a moment. And we see that one of those stars, Arcturus, which is the orange giant, it is 10 times bigger than our sun. It produces 180 times more energy than our sun. There's our sun. Earth is invisible at this scale and Jupiter's about two pixels in size, right? Some of you have that zoomed in on your text message, you know, font size on your phone. But like you still couldn't see earth if you were looking at it at this scale, And so you're talking about some stars there. Arcturus is huge. But look at this next one. Antares, which is the red supergiant, it is 10,000 times brighter than our sun. Here's our sun way down here. You can't even see Earth or even Jupiter at this scale. And you see all of the various stars. And when I look at this, it has a different reaction for me than perhaps it does for some of you. Maybe you look at it and go, see, there's no way God created that. And yet when I look at these pictures, what I think is, you know what? Earth is pretty big. But in the grand scheme of things, the universe is even bigger. It's 93 billion light years across. And when I read the Bible in Isaiah chapter 40, this is what I read. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale, even before the science that you and I have access to, even before the internet and the iPhone that you may carry in your pocket, even before there was that kind of understanding, the prophet Isaiah was saying, in even the expanse of what I can see and what I can understand and what I can fathom, I see and I believe that the God who created the universe weighed all of these things out. He measured them out even with his fingers. And I come to this place where I just don't really know, like, I don't understand it all. I was a pretty good student, but I wasn't this good a student. And Isaiah accounted for that too in Isaiah 55 9 when he said, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. My God is big. He's bigger than big, He is transcendent. And I'm not asking you today, here's what I'm not asking of you I'm not asking of you today to get to where I'm at. And what I mean by that is, I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. And I'm not asking you to get all the way there if you're not there. I'm not asking you to believe that he absolutely did do it today. I'm just asking all of us to consider, to ponder, to question this question. Do I believe he could do it? Is it possible that the God we're singing about and the God that we're worshiping and the God that we're praying to, is it possible that that God could do these things? Because I believe that God is bigger than big, and that kind of perspective changes everything about the way that I live, the way that I pray, the way that I conduct my life. If I believe that God is bigger than big, he is transcendent. But here's the second thing that I think we've all got to recognize. God is closer than close. He's not just bigger than big. God is closer than close. The theological word here is imminence. His eminence. It's his nearness, his closeness, his proximity. We've used some of these phrases already before, but he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's just as close as the mention of his name. Genesis chapter one, verse one that we've already read said this. It said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We see in the sixth day, verse 26 of what we already read. It said, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. We've already seen God, God the Father. We believe we've seen God, the Holy Spirit in this story. Where's Jesus in all of this? As we talk about the Trinity, this this mind-boggling idea that God in his various forms, various expressions of his persona, his nature, his character. Where is Jesus in all of this? John chapter one clears that up for us. John chapter one, beginning in verse one says, in the beginning was the word. That's a capital W. It's talking about a person. This is the reference to Jesus. He said, and the word was with God, and the word was God, not someone different, but was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14 says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the darkness a creation, And I believe the Holy Spirit is hovering over the darkness of perhaps your life, the circumstances that seem overwhelming. I don't know why that seems to be a theme today. I did not prepare for that. But I just sensed that as I walked in, as I greeted some of you this morning. There just seemed to be a heaviness in so many of our lives. And again, if that's not you, that's okay. I don't want to bring us down. I'm actually trying to change our perspective a little bit to point us back to a God who's bigger than big, but he's closer than close. Maybe you would say, hey, my life's not perfect. Well, welcome to the club. We got t-shirts out in the lobby for you, right? Right? It's like, well, I, my marriage has got some issues. You should have been here a couple to couple. We found out we all do. It's like, well, I've got some health issues. We pray and believe that God's a healer. He's the great physician. I got some financial struggles. There's some things in my life that I don't quite understand how it turned out, why it turned out this way. And, and I really don't either. But what I love about an all-loving, all-knowing, creative God is that he's bigger than big. He can create all the various things that we just saw, but he's closer than close. He's closer than close, and I believe that he can bring light. He can speak light into your darkness, and I believe that he desires to do so. Psalm 36, 5 and 6 says this out of the message paraphrase. God's love is meteoric. His loyalty, astronomic. His purpose, titanic. His verdicts, oceanic. Yet in his largeness, nothing gets lost. Not a man, not a mouse slips through the cracks. I love it. Perhaps one of my favorite quotes comes from A.W. Tozer. He says this. He says, God is above, but he's not pushed up. He's beneath, but he's not pressed down. He's outside, but he's not excluded. He's inside, but he's not confined. God is above all things presiding, beneath all things sustaining, outside of all things embracing, and inside of all things filling. The psalmist spoke to this, I believe he echoed Genesis chapter 2, or second verse of Genesis chapter 1, when he said this in Psalm 139, 7 through 12, we read this chapter to each of our children right after their birth in the hospital room, Corey did, after it talks about, or a part of the passage where it talks about being formed in their mother's womb, this closeness, this God intimately involved in humanity. There's this zoomed out perspective of the bigness of God and it says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Anybody ever walked in some dark days? I have. Anybody ever walked through some days where you just, you don't know why? You, you, you can't make any sense of what you're walking through. It doesn't doesn't change what you're walking through. It doesn't change what you have walked through. But these two realities are still true for all of us. He's bigger than big. All of the things that we're walking through, they pale in comparison to the heavens that he stretched out between his fingers. The size of the stars and the size of the planet and the universe and the galaxies and the light years that separate us from one entity to another. They are nothing in the economy, in the span of the strength and the power of the creative God who created all that is and was. He is bigger than big. He is transcendent over all things, including what you're walking through right now. But He's closer than close. He's not so far from what you're walking through that He doesn't understand. Jesus was tempted in every way that we are tempted so that he could experience the emotions that we experience. He's walked through the circumstances of life, pain, betrayal, loss, temptation, and struggle. He's seen all of those things play out before him. He's closer than close. He's imminent. He's right there. He's near. He's with you. And before we get to anything else in the rest of the series and the rest of our relationship with God, and before we try to understand all of the obscurities let's don't miss the obvious truth that God is here for you. Not just you. This is not an arrogance thing. Like, oh, it's just about me. You're not the center of the story. He is. And yet, in all of his creation, all of the things that he declared good, he created humanity and said it's very good and he completed that work and he rested knowing that it was complete. He is bigger than big and you can can take strength from that but he's closer than close and you can take comfort in that. This fundamental truth that will change everything that we experience. And so today, in just a moment, we're going to celebrate baptism. And perhaps for all of us, this reminder for you specifically has reminded you that you are not in relationship with this big and close God. We're going to give you a chance in just a moment to pray and accept him as the Lord and Savior of your life. And what we see in scripture so often is that they would receive salvation and they would be baptized. We would love for you to do that today. Maybe you've already received the free gift of salvation, but you've never been baptized, or maybe it's been a really long time and there's been a lot of circumstances and things. You kind of want to make this public declaration, maybe of a recommitment in your life. We'd love for you to do that. i want to celebrate with you. And so when I pray in just a moment, if you've already registered to be baptized, you're just going to go out that door back in the back corner. You're going to meet us in the lobby. If you're here as a friend or family member with someone that's registered to be baptized, we'd love for you to go to the lobby so you can celebrate with them as well. Maybe you say today, hey, I wasn't planning to, but I'm ready to, just meet us out there. We're ready to help you get baptized. But I'm gonna ask everybody in the room, just for a moment, just to bow your head and close your eyes. This is the moment you can move if you're ready to be baptized. But for the rest of us, if you would say to me today, Jeremy, for me, I know that I need to receive God as my Lord and Savior. I need him to forgive my sins and to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? We wanna pray for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now if you would say to me Jeremy for me, it's one of two things. I need to know that he's bigger than big. If that's you, would you lift your hand? I just need to be reminded. Yeah, awesome. Tons of us. And if you would say, "Hey, I just need to be reminded that he's closer than close." If that's you, would you lift your hand? So many of us, some of us the same hands. God, I pray right now for every person in this room, every person watching online. God, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for those that lifted their hands. They've made a decision today to trust you with their salvation, their eternity. And so God, we thank you that that's something you do. You provide to us the free gift of salvation through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God, we celebrate that right now. And God, I pray for every hand that said, I just need to be reminded he's bigger than big. I pray you would enlarge our faith and enlarge our understanding of who you are. God, help us to live by faith and not by sight. That is not some uh, naive interpretation of life. It is living by faith. And so we put our hope and our trust in you. But God, we do so as we search for truth and understanding in your word and in relationship to the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray for every person right now that lifted their hand to say, "I I just need to be reminded he's closer than close. Maybe they're walking through some stuff right now. Maybe they have before, but they just need to know that you're close. They need to know that you're near. So God, would you do that work in them today? We thank you, God, for all that you've done. And we thank you for what you're doing right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship together. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.